Hey guys and welcome to the Get Life podcast. Last month we focused on Musou games and like Samurai Warriors, Dynasty Warriors, that kind of stuff. This month I did promise that we'll be focusing content on Personas, but I just want to thank Koh Media and also Atlas for providing us with review copies of the game. So before we get into that, I just want to start this episode off with a thanks to our sponsors, Japan Crate, Crunchyroll, and JList. You may be hearing some ads throughout the episode. In addition to that, I think we should introduce our guest. Today we have Sapphire. Sapphire, say hello. Hi, guys. <laughs> this is the first time speaking to Sapphire, so it might be quite awkward, but I really want you to explain to people who don't know what you do. I sing anime and game song covers. I try to sing mostly in English. Actually, that's all my channel is comprised of are English covers. I'm mostly known for my Persona covers. I've covered songs from three, four, and five. And recently I released my EP for Persona 5 Royal and Persona 4 called The Velvet Lounge 2. <laughs> so. so the way that this episode is going to work for you guys listening, we're going to do a quick sort of overview on the Persona games that we've played. And then from there, we'll go in and talk about other stuff. So let's start with that. When did you get into Persona? Oh, man. The first Persona game I played was Persona 3 uh, Fest. It was Persona 3 Fest. I don't exactly remember when that game came out, but I think I had heard like talk from friends about how great Persona 3, the original game was. And my sister and I had finally got like a PS2 to originally play Dragon Quest VIII. And uh, I found that to be a good opportunity to play FES. And uh, I don't particularly remember liking it uh, <laughs> because I remember I got stuck on a boss and there was like no way for me to like leave the battle or like restart from like my last save point in Tartarus to uh, grind some more. So I knew my only option was to restart the game from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> and I was I wasn't happy about that. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't too happy about that. But I think like maybe a year or so later, I was just like, eh, let me just see if I can, you know, start over and just finish the game. And I finally did. And I was just like, what was this game even about? <laughs> but it <laughs> got happened? you hooked, right? It did. I love the music. That was what actually got me into the game, uh, the whole Persona series. The music from 3 is probably my most favorite. So while I may not have liked 3 that much, I definitely, definitely love the music. I think the music for me in Persona 3 was a highlight. The game itself wasn't really the best because I personally, I played FES and I played The Answer. I've also played Portable and I prefer Portable to all of them just because you get you can play as a female pro tag and you get new um, social links, which is kind of very interesting. Did they change anything about the story in that? Like, I don't, probably not. They just added like the female MC. They, the story slightly changed. So that some characters that die don't don't die anymore. Like you know how Shinji died, right? Right. He doesn't die if you're playing as a female protagonist if you complete his social link. It's it's weird like that. But it's it's pretty interesting. It's not a canon story to the game. It's just something fun just to I don't know, I think they maybe added in a female protag and all those new social links because the PSP is not really a powerful console and they really wanted to focus in on the um, visual novel aspect because you can't really explore in that game or anything like oh. that. 
but it also <laughs> like i prefer it to the original persona 3 only because you can actually control your teammates which is pretty cool and also yukiko makes an appearance in that game only briefly. really huh that's weird <laughs> i think the way that it works is that they go and visit this the high school i think they go and visit gakugan and or whatever the school is called and you see um yukiko is like um i think she's like 13 or something she makes like a really young appearance she's there with uh, her mom okay i wondered about the timeline there i was just like so does persona 4 and 3 like happen around the same time or something but no i guess not <laughs> yeah, i don't know it's just like for me 3 was a it was an odd game but i i would say it's my favorite that's just it's it's an unpopular opinion because a lot of people love it is. Four. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people love five and i kind of feel ashamed sometimes I'll, I'll just give some backstory on how i got into persona i got into persona uh, by actually watching persona for the animation i didn't own a ps well i owned a ps2 but i wasn't gonna buy the game because it was so hiked up in price for some reason really uh, it was like huh. like 50 60 pounds and i was like i'm not gonna buy that game so stupid it's so expensive <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I, I, I'm not cheap or anything. I, ironically, what I did was I ended up buying a PlayStation Vita brand new and golden. So I ended up spending spending a lot more. I spent like $300 <laughs> compared to like 60 They, they were going to get your money somehow. <laughs> <laughs> they were, and I don't, I don't uh, regret it. To be honest with you, that's the only reason to buy a, a, a PlayStation Vita at the moment, or ever, to just to play uh, Golden. But I watched the anime, I loved it, and I was like, this is amazing shit. And then um, I was lucky enough to to speak to Aaron Fitzgerald, the voice okay. of Chie. The second voice of Chie, not right. the, the original voice of Chie. I spoke to her and I saw the passion that she had in, in playing Chie and, and stuff. And she was just so excited about it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy a PlayStation Vita and I'm going to play Golden just to hear her voice Chie. And I did not regret it. I, I love that <laughs> to me. But it, I was kind of shocked at first because I didn't really understand what the game was about. This whole fusion thing and all of this. And Eagle with his long nose kind of freaked me out a bit. I used to get nightmares at one point. <laughs> I, I don't know. It was it was just kind of weird for me. But going back in playing Persona 3, because obviously playing portable and everything, it makes Persona 4 look like Scooby-Doo. And the, like the investigation team looks like the, you know, the, what do you call it? Like the, um, the mystery ink Scooby-Doo, the mystery. That's it. It kind of it kind of felt like that because they are. That's what they are. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take them seriously. I know that there's a lot of serious elements within Persona 4, but Persona 3 is just a lot more dark. And the fact that you can only go in, you know, to the dungeon at, at nighttime, it's, it yeah. just adds to the whole eerie nature of the game, which I, I thoroughly enjoy. Also, I just can't take Persona 4 seriously anymore. But there are some uh... points within Persona 4 that I can't deny. I, they just, they kind of make my heart race and moments that I, I just kind of quit the game. Like, I actually quit Persona 4 Golden and even the anime because of <laughs> oh, Nanaka. No. What? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But that's why I love the game so much. I totally related to Nanako, and I think that's why, like, I enjoy it. That's why Persona 4 was my favorite, I think, of the three. Okay. Um, I didn't expect <laughs> you to say to 4 that was your favorite, but still. I I, to be honest with you, I love Nanako as a character. And for me, I, I have to say, like, Nanako makes me feel like this motherly feeling. Like, it makes me want to be a mum. I don't know why. <laughs> I just I just feel like that. I don't want to get really personal into it, but it's just like a lot of the things that happen in her life, it's like a mirror effect onto my life. And then obviously when I saw her like dying, I was just like, fuck this. I can't watch. Yeah, that was hard. Her dungeon was pretty intense. Her dungeon was intense, but just the fact that she was in hospital dying, like, I found that out when I was watching the anime, because I was watching it with my twin sister. She, as soon as she got into the hospital, I was like, fuck this. If Nanako dies, I'm out of here. And Nanako died. I was like, fuck. I'm, me and my sister stopped watching in protest, and we were like, no, 
fuck this. And then it came to a point where she, in the middle of the night, she would actually open the door to my room and then she would just be like, big bro. She would do that, oh the Nanako voice. And it, <laughs> it would give me nightmares and she's doing it on purpose. Oh no. Because she knows that I was upset awful. about it. <laughs> I know, but it's hilarious because I did the same. Okay, uh, with well, her, so. I mean, I can't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's hilarious though like i i actually kind of i found it funny i mean looking back at it at the at the time it made me really upset because you know nanako's the best character in the game like most well written it was interesting now persona 5 what do you think about it i enjoyed it i bought it i definitely pre-ordered it when they first uh, announced it and it was available for pre-order and then of course they delayed it i think by like a year or something it was something weird well it got delayed i think the game came out in like 2016 they announced it in 2014 so Got, like delayed like two years yeah whenever the pre-order happened but <laughs> i started the game and i think i might have finished like the first dungeon or the first palace sorry i can't call it a dungeon well it is you can call but it a dungeon <laughs> like to me I, I still call it the confidant social links i can't be bothered with all these new terms they're throwing at me so you can call it a dungeon it's fine i did that and then for some reason i stopped playing for like maybe a year and then I started streaming like maybe around 2018 like late 2018 and people were like why don't you play Persona 5 and I was like you know what I think that's the only way I'm gonna finish this game is if I just stream it and I did and I think I had fun streaming the game I'm not really sure I thought it was like a great game but I did enjoy it I liked like I liked all the new things they brought like the UI and like just the whole aesthetic and like the style of music like it felt like at that point like oh okay like Shoji Meguro has like put his style of music like in place like it was like kind of set in stone for five because I feel like three was like experimentation and four was just kind of like okay we're getting somewhere and five was just like this is it this is the guy this is what he wants <laughs> and I and I love the music in five i think it's one of the best but i thought it was it was fun i can't say it was like my favorite persona like i still think four is my favorite but as far as the story goes i think maybe royal might change my mind about that though a lot of people have been telling me that so I'm looking forward to playing that. <laughs> I, I don't want to spoil Royal for you because it's unfair to do so because I know some people are spoiling it online. Don't do that, by the way, if you spoil games online, you bastards. All I'm going to say is Royal is a mindfuck because when you get to the third semester, because there's only an additional content, like it's like 20 hours long. It's not that long, but it's um, it is, it's a right mindfuck. Like I was shocked when I heard about it. And I was like, fuck, like what is this game? But with with Persona 5, I think it's, it's very interesting because I played it originally. I got the game two months before release because they gave us a review copy and we weren't allowed to tell anyone that we even had the game <laughs> like atlas are very strict with their ip oh, yeah. and we can't we, we weren't allowed to stream we weren't even allowed to produce content and the review had to come up at a certain time no earlier it, it was kind of weird like that but knowing all this information and playing the game it, it kind of made me feel very anxious because you get hit with a lot of stuff from the beginning right mm -hmm. with the right. whole kamashida's palace right yes. that is an intense like the story behind that and then shiho trying to kill herself because of what happened it's just it's so much to handle like this is kind of advice for anyone that is playing persona 5 i suggest taking breaks after certain events happen in the game like maybe step back because sometimes i i did that because it, it felt like too much is going on at one time and that's not a bad thing it's just like there's a lot of topics that's being discussed and a lot of things that can get very depressing and very serious so you kind of need to like go back 
back, maybe play Persona 4, you know, go back to that whole <laughs> mystery machine. Yeah, or finish Nanako's dungeon, maybe. Uh, you should feel a little better. Uh, <laughs> it's just too serious for me. But for some reason, when you play more of it, like from what I found about it, it, it doesn't feel serious enough. Even though the topics are very serious, like because obviously Shiho being sexually assaulted and stuff, that's a very serious topic. Mm -hmm. Because obviously you're going out and you're having fun, you're going on roller coasters, you're, you know, talking... To girls in churches that kind of stuff it's like it feels very whimsical at the same time yeah you're just like all this like awful stuff is happening behind the scenes and hey we're gonna we're gonna party you know <laughs> once the sun comes back up i don't know it's kind of weird but also like i see what you're saying i guess i never really thought about it that way just interesting that you brought that up the reason why i brought it up is because persona 3 isn't it's serious but it's not as serious yet it feels to me like a darker more sinister game i don't know how to explain it. it's like persona 3 is batman and <laughs> persona 5 is superman right you know superman still goes through a lot of shit and he goes through a lot of depression but you know batman saw his parents die and that's that's a big thing it, it kind of feels like that just because of the tone of the game the tone yeah persona 3 is definitely the darkest one i think maybe that's why i didn't like it as much everything was just sad <laughs> The one thing for me that made me really upset was the fact that the the main character just died. Yeah, I wonder if Atlas is just like, hey, we shouldn't do this anymore. You know, if we're gonna, you can have like sad endings, but let them be like happy too. <laughs> this one was just like, eh. <laughs> oh, he's just dead. <laughs> I felt that way within Persona 5 because originally I made the wrong choice at the end of the game. You know where you have to rat out your friends and stuff in oh, the interrogation gonna, room. Yeah, I didn't even know. That interrogation was kind of weird. I was just like, how do I answer some of these questions? I didn't know like what she was trying to get at. <laughs> yeah, well, basically she's trying to make you like bait out your friends and be like, oh, they're the phantom themes. And that's the first thing I did because I, I assumed that, okay, if this is like real life, if I am a snitch, yeah, right, I can get out with a plea deal. Maybe go to jail for like two or three years as opposed to like for life or something so i thought you know what i'm gonna snitch out my friends fuck my friends right and then akechi comes in and shoots me in the head and i'm like is this the game like is this, is this how the game ends <laughs> snitches get stitches <laughs> I can't deny Confirmed. that it was just it was just like what the fuck and then I had to reload the game and then I did the proper thing and I was like oh okay I think I accidentally like got the questions right everyone was trolling me saying like oh she got the bad ending and I honestly believed them because I was just like I have no idea what's going on like am I saying the right things because I was just like I'm not playing this game over again <laughs> So I wanted to get everything right. That's a question I want to ask you. Do you have multiple save files? Just in case that does happen. I think I only have like three on there. Did I have one for like right before that interrogation? I'm not quite sure. To be honest with you, I only roll with one save file now because I used to have multiple save files for Persona 4. And I spent like at least maybe 350 hours in that game. And then uh, one day my sister was going in and she was trying to load her, her save. Because oh, they were right next to each other, and she saved good. over, she saved over my save, three hundred hours just the gone. The most recent like, oh. one, the one that mattered, not the others. Yeah, <laughs> and that that upset me because I lo literally I lost all my personas. I had to play the whole game again, uh, and then it kind of made me think like, do I really want to go through the Scooby Doo game another time? And just it doesn't seem fun. Now I'm playing it again, but that's because persona 5 royal is fucking me over like so much the reason why is because i played the okumura palace again that that palace i hate that palace it's the shittest palace remind me what palace that was is it, that it was uh, haru's dad 
Yeah, uh, yeah, oh the, the Burger Palace. That's the worst one. It's yeah. like they managed to fuck it up even more in Royal because it's just so difficult. And obviously you have that time limit. And I'm like, what is this? It's just so annoying. <laughs> Great. There's no skip feature on that. <laughs> there isn't. Well, if there was, then I just would have skipped all of it. And I'm playing on Merciless. So it's like the most difficult mode. <laughs> and it's just like, why am I doing this to myself? Like, I just, I felt bad about it. Because you, like um, you like to suck. Maybe, you know, Persona 3 kind of instilled that in me so that is probably why yeah <laughs> the game in itself is kind of weird because with royal like you have to start the game from the beginning like you can't transfer save data you can't transfer personas over you have to start from the whole beginning right so building up that compendium is just is it's a fuckery like i can't i don't want to build up the whole compendium again and then they give you the dlc for free even though i bought all that dlc in five i was like <laughs> fuck what is this i felt it was a bit of a cop-out but at least it's not like japan japan still has to re-buy that dlc which is you know i think we got it a little bit better than them i just want to know before we go on to the break who is your favorite character in each persona game that you've played all right i'm gonna start with five that's gonna be makoto is there a reason <laughs> Is it, I'm first, interrogating you it's, now. It's I can't. so funny though because I swore to everyone that like I didn't like her. I was just like, oh, she's just like, because like when you meet her early on in the game, she's like this huge bitch, and I'm just like, why does anyone like her? Like, is this her character? This is who like I'm gonna have to be stuck with. You know, I don't want to recruit her. And then I got to know more about her, and I was just like, I know, I feel you so much, girl. Like, I love you. You're a badass. <laughs> You are the queen. Um, but yeah, I just love her. Um, I don't know. Like, I. She's probably like the only person in the game that I kind of relate to. Persona 4 Chie is. Yes. Just, she's so Thank funny. Thank you. <laughs> Chie is a sweetheart. She's so funny. I love her. I don't know. Like, I shouldn't have to explain why I like Chie. She's just like the best girl in the game. I don't think you need to. Thank you so much. <laughs> and then three. Am I going to say her name wrong? No, hold on. Let me think about it a little more. It may be Mitsuru. Is that her name? Yeah, Mitsuru. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> it's just like, just because, I don't know. Like, I love badass women in video games, so. For me, I I'll be honest with you, Mitsuru kind of annoys me a little bit. Oh my god. Next I thing can't... you're going to tell me is that Fuka's your favorite. Oh my god. How did you know? <laughs> I love Fuka, man. I love Fuka. My friend Fuka. got offended when he... Cause he's playing, he's in the middle of playing three or no, 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 I think he, we had like just some sort of discussion about Persona three and he was just like, I love Fuka. And I was just like, nope, nope. <laughs> I want to know why. She's I wanna, boring. Before we go into break, I want she's to, so no, boring. No, but she's Fuka. That's what's about her. She look. she likes to cook. That's interesting, right? I don't right? care. Doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't the kid cook? Doesn't Ken cook? Is his name Ken? I no one gives a fuck kid. about Ken wow. and his stupid dog. Like, right. ugh, fuck off. I, I don't want him no. in the game. I mean, I don't care about him, but I think at least he's like more interesting. If I had to... Are you saying he's a better character one... than Fuka? <laughs> Sapphire, I'm regretting this recording, man. Look, if I had to kick one of them off the island, it would probably be Fuka, you know? Island? <laughs> This isn't Love Island, all right? <laughs> this is ima my imaginary island of survivors. 
I don't know how to explain this. If I knew that this was your opinions on Fuka, I wouldn't have had you on today. I mean, shouldn't you use that as a... You should uh, introduce questionnaires to your potential interviewees. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to start doing that. Do you like Fuka, yes or no? And then if someone says, who's Fuka? I'm like, no, get out of here. No, we don't want you. Fuka's the best character. She's just a meme. She's a living meme. She's so boring. <laughs> yeah, but that's what makes her interesting. She's like, so useless. It's oh, just whoa. Like, I don't even think I like maxed out her like social link. Oh, th- yeah, I don't think so. It's just like I don't care. <laughs> There's a joke that goes on within this podcast called Fuka Bazooka. I'm not sure if you know about. Well, you probably don't. But Fuka Bazooka, man. Fuka Bazooka. Like, oh my god, Fuka Bazooka. Like, Fuka's just the best character. Uh, maybe you should just cut to that break then. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. So we're going to cut to a break and then come back. And we'll... Fuka stands. You know what? Okay. Okay. We're going to go on a break. We'll see you guys in a bit. <laughs> Let's talk about Japan Crate because they are sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Remember, if you're interested, go to www.getalifepodcast.com forward slash Japan Crate. That should redirect you to the Japan Crate website. It does help us out as well. So make sure you go and check them out. Let me talk about it. Let me tell you what it's all about. Japan Crate is this wonderful box that you get every month filled with Japanese sweets and goodies, crisps, chocolates, candy, drinks, everything. And stuff that you might not even expect. Like a couple of times we've been getting bags of Kit Kats, Japanese Kit Kats that have exclusive flavors so we've had sweet potato we've had ojicha we've had a lot of crazy flavors that you only get in japan that stuff that you're not going to get outside of japan and i know what you're saying well i could just buy kit kats from my local japanese supermarket you're wrong okay because they don't have the flavors that japan crate has because japan crate has the regional flavors that you're not going to find outside of japan they're going here and there and everywhere to get those for you also if you're buying from your local supermarket It's going to be expensive. And I've often found that you're paying 15 to 20 pounds for a bag of Kit Kats imported directly from Japan. You could be paying 30 pounds a month and getting a lot more. Most of the times when they do include Kit Kats in the Japan crate, I feel that you're getting a lot more value. They don't need to put that in there. They're putting that in there. They're putting in exclusive drinks. We've had stuff like Japanese Pepsi, crazy J-Cola from Japan. We've had Hokkaido melon soda, which is made from these special red melons in Japan that are really expensive. They're like thousands of dollars to buy these melons. Pancrate is including drinks with those melons in the crate. So it's really good value. And you get to experience some new things. I personally love it. As you guys can tell, we're going to include it more in other episodes of the podcast, in particularly Umai. So go check Umai out as well because we'll be doing taste tests there and things like that. Go to getlifepodcast.com forward slash Japan Crate. Use the code GALP for $3 off your first Japan Crate. Believe me, you guys are going to love it. You're going to be subscribed to it for the rest of your lives because it's top notch. We often give them as gifts to our friends that we record with. So we gave some to Koei, we gave some to Marvelous. You know why? Because we love them and we thought what better way to give someone a gift than the Japan crate. You can give it as a gift for a birthday. Someone's going to enjoy that. I've not met someone who hasn't liked the snacks in Japan crate. And they're weird and they're quirky and they're really nice. You get like exclusive Cheetos and stuff. It's insane. 
The amount of value that you're getting, $35, is nothing for the amount of candy that you're getting directly imported from Japan. GetLifePodcast.com forward slash Japan Crate. Do the right thing, guys. Buy it. And actually show me on Twitter you opening your Japan Crate. I'd love to see that. And hopefully we'll get giveaways coming up soon. We're in the process of redoing that. So go and check them out. You support the podcast when you do. Love you guys. Hello, hello, hello. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll.com forward slash kunai. Uh, we do love Crunchyroll here. In fact, we use it a lot for the podcast, as you guys know. And we encourage you guys to go and check out anime, especially watching legal sources of anime. You support the industry when you watch on Crunchyroll. And you get the largest lineup of anime ever. There's like more than 2,000 anime on Crunchyroll that you can watch right now if you go and sign up to our link which gives you 14 days of Crunchyroll premium service and what that premium service offers you is anime without ads 1080p HD and you can watch it on everything almost your PS4 your Xbox one you can watch it on the Wii U if you still own one (laughs) you can watch on PC Mac iOS Android, even on Chromecast and Apple TV, Roku, everything. Personally, I love casting from Chrome onto my TV to watch Crunchyroll. It's amazing. Crunchyroll offers the most diverse collection of anime straight from Japan each season, bringing you the best new anime from Japan to give you that largest lineup of anime ever. Remember, if you are a big fan of simulcasts, you're getting anime one hour after release in Japan which is insane that means if you're watching My Hero Academia whatever season that we're on now as soon as it hits Japan you're getting it one hour later so you don't really need to waste your time with spoilers on Twitter you can watch it straight away if you wanted to that's what I love about Crunchyroll and I'm sure you guys will love it too go to www.crunchyroll.com forward slash kunai for a 14 day free trial of Crunchyroll Premium I know you guys are not going to regret it because I haven't thank you Crunchyroll for sponsoring this episode of the podcast we are back um i found out that sapphire hates fuka and i don't really <laughs> want to talk about it because i'm a bit upset you know I'm, i kind of i feel like 90 percent of persona 3 fans don't like fuka really i think so okay. i feel like all of the people all of my friends like didn't like fuka when i was at the time i was playing the game and i was just like this you have every right to not like her she's so boring <laughs> and i feel like people just like her because she's she's like cute i hear soft spoken and i like to cook for my senpais and it's like great okay look the boringness is very interesting to me and the fact that she's just become a meme like you, you might have seen that meme of her saying use me patra on akihiko senpai like you know that's cool i find that hilarious also the fact that she just she looks so derpy like the, the, her, her like artwork is just she just looks so She's confused got a fat all the time. Head. She looks like a, a code. She looks like a code Lyoko character. <laughs> you know what? Okay, I don't want to talk about Fuka anymore because it's really upsetting. Oh, right? oh no! <laughs> I thought no, I thought okay. you were ready to talk about Fuka, but I guess not. You know, Fu- Fuka is like my um, typical Fuka stands. <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay. I'm actually regretting this recording now. She's a Code Lyoko character. <laughs> okay, can we can we move on from Fuka? Yeah, can we, can we sure. do that? Is that is that possible? <laughs> I'm like looking Fuck. at pictures of her and I'm right. <laughs> okay. 
it's all right. Transition from Fuka. I'm still upset about that. The so transition from Fuka. Um, I want to talk about the Him Daisy dub project that you and a couple of um, other voice actors were doing. Oh, Can yeah. you care to talk about how that kind of started? Because just to clarify, that you you are not the artist. You have nothing to do with the actual creation no, of I'm the not. comic itself, right? No, I, I just did the audio mixing. I put the cast together. Uh, my friend Anthony Sardina put the videos together, I think, up until part three or four or something. Um, but yeah, there was this uh, old voice acting community I was a part of way back in the day and the uh persona 4 comic the heim daisy comic was uh kind of circulating in the community and i was just like hey i love persona 4 and i think this comic is hilarious i want to dub it me and so um it was pretty easy to get a cast together um my friend uh chris zambellis actually he gets all the credit for helping me like figure out timing and everything because I was pretty bad at that. I think all I wanted to do was like mix in music and like sound effects because that was just the thing I loved doing at the time. And uh, as far as like when we got all the voices together, I would send him like an initial mix. He's the one who voiced Yukiko in the dub. Um, oh, he wait, wait, <laughs> Yukiko was voiced by a guy, yeah. Um, up yes, until up man. until like her dungeon or whatever, I think it was. Like after her dungeon, it was actually voiced so, by like. It, can I just confirm about the the Yukiko thing? Because my favorite line in that whole dub is um, the whole Yukiko Amagi is wearing a like I'm wearing a kimono. Yeah, that whole bit. That's, That's him. Like, oh, I need to meet this guy. This guy's a fucking legend. He's great. He has a Twitter account. He has a Twitter account. He's he's a very funny guy. I love him. Um, but yeah, he he was the one who actually like set the. Uh, I guess not really the tone, but like how um, the comedic timing would be in the comics. So you would say he's like the director of the of the whole thing, right? Um, maybe not the director, because I think he just helped me out in part one, and then I was just like, okay, I kind of get where you're going. Like it should be like he was just like it should be fast paced, and I was just like, okay. <laughs> so I'll I'll remember that for the remaining uh, remaining parts and. So he, he was my mentor for that first dub. Yeah, he was my senpai. <laughs> Pretty cool. You know, there's a lot of things that I remember about the dub, obviously, because I just found out maybe a couple of weeks ago that you were involved in that. And <laughs> from the beginning, I'm, I'm kind of starstruck at the moment because this was actually a precursor before even me buying a PlayStation Vita to play the game because I've seen the anime. And then the first thing I wanted to do was refine um, certain scenes on YouTube, mm -hmm. you know, you know, from the anime and whatnot. And then the dub came up, and I was like, "What the fuck?" And I think the first <laughs> thing I remember was, um, you know, that there was that scene. I think in the first thing where it was like, "Oh man, but I love dead bodies." Mom, I'm hungry. That that bit. <laughs> it's. It was just too much. Like, there's a lot of comedic... Like, I get it. Like, you're not writing the scripts or anything, but it's the way that you guys voice it. It was just a... Mamma Mia, spicy beat more. I really enjoyed <laughs> that. Genuinely. Um, who did you voice within that? Just so I know. Because I have a feeling that you uh, voiced certain characters. Well, it was definitely that kid who was just like, Mom, I'm hungry. You voiced the yeah. kid? <laughs> yeah. Yes. 
I, I feel like that dub was like the first time I ever got to just like go all out with like just weird ass voices. Um, I voiced Chie, obviously. And then I voiced, uh, what was that asshole girl's name? The one that, uh, what's his Saki name? Saki-senpai? Yes. I voiced her too. <laughs> and, and then uh, Margaret. Yeah. Ma those four. Margaret? I'm trying to remember who Margaret she's is. The she's the Velvet, Velvet Room assistant, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Oh, quick question. Who's your favorite Velvet Room attendant? I think it's the twins. Okay. Yeah, I Not Lavenza. You don't like Lavenza, but you like the twins. She was only there for, like, a moment. <laughs> so I don't know them. I don't know her, but I know my twins. So which, which twin <laughs> is the favorite? Caroline or Justine? Which one's the one with the... With the bite, who's always like... Uh, I think it's Justine, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Actually, is whoever it? whoever has the mouth. The angry one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's my favorite. Okay, I agree with you. I, I do like them. They're, they're interesting. I, I would say somewhat, I kind of like... Um, I'm trying to remember his name. Theodore. He was quite nice. He was golden, wasn't he? Uh, no, Theodore was oh, uh, portable. Persona 3 portable. Golden was Margaret. Oh, um, really? I he, thought, okay. He kind of was... gets shit on a lot. They bully him. His sisters, basically. They make fun of him. But he's, he's interesting. Um, I'm trying to remember now. Yeah, so what was the process in getting all those people? And how do you, like, how did you cast them? Did you have someone in mind? You're like, oh, that guy's perfect for the Jima or stuff like that. Like, how did you get them together? And was it done in a one call? Or was it, like, recorded in separate bits and you just mixed it all together? How did that work? Um, so I can't... I don't really remember too much about the casting process. I think there was like a few people I had in mind for like some of the main characters. Um, I think I knew for sure that I wanted to cast my friend Josh as Dojima. Um, I just thought that was perfect. And my friend Wai Chang is Adachi. Um, and then Chris is, uh, well, I don't know if I, I don't think I had anything in mind for Yukiko. I think he just like auditioned for her and I was just like, yeah, let's just do it. But I did hold auditions for uh, some of the characters um, in that voice acting community. And a lot of people showed interest. So um, it wasn't too hard to get a whole group together. <laughs> but um, no, we didn't do anything in a call. Uh, I would basically just type up the entire script with like some directions on like kind of how I wanted things to like uh, be voiced and I would send it out in email and give everyone a deadline and like some guidelines and all that stuff and they would send it back and I would just work with whatever I got if I needed to do retakes I would email and be like hey can you do something more like this rather than this um, and at that time, Chris, uh, the guy who voiced Yukiko, helped me with, like, timing and stuff like that. And I think things got better from there. And um, later we held auditions for, like, some of the later characters. Because I didn't think the dub was going to, like, pop off like it did. Um, but I was just like, well, um, 10,000 views. That's a lot. That was a lot at the time. But uh, <laughs> I was just like, okay, I guess I'm just going to dub the whole comic. And um, I just held auditions whenever I needed to. But for the most part, I think I tried to just 
reach out to the people I knew. Yeah, so it, it's very interesting because if you look at it now, it's it's got a sizable number of views. It's over like a million. I think the full version is like at two point something million now. So it's kind of kind of influenced Persona culture, right? If that makes sense, because uh, a lot of the newer games kind of reference, yeah, reference the comic, but I would say more so because of the dub. Um, I'm talking mainly about for stake and all these kind of stuff like that wasn't in the original Persona 4. So it, it's kind of cool that we see these references. Do you feel like you like when you see that you're like, wow, this is, you know, this is a part. I don't want to say this is a part of me because then it sounds like the cheesy Persona summoning line. Because I think what's her name says that um, Haru when she summons her Persona. Anyway, so do you feel that you're kind of responsible or your team were kind of responsible for that? like? like becoming part of persona culture at this point i don't really i feel like the artist was the reason for everything and i thank her for like letting us like dub it um i think we helped spread the word about the comic and i think maybe in turn that helped people like get into more people get into like persona um Cause you know, I've seen comments, like at the time I had seen comments saying like, you know, I didn't know about Persona 4, but this comic dub made me like purchase the game and stuff like that. Um, so that was, that was, so yeah, um, I think we get a tiny bit of credit with, uh, all that, but I feel like it's mostly Haim Daisy that created this. <laughs> I don't know why, but I was just expecting like a, a like a douchey answer, and you were like, "Yeah, hell yeah, man!" It was just all of us. I think no, <laughs> no. I only do that as a joke, but like for things like that, I'm just like, uh, I I want to give credit where credit is due. <laughs> Because there's a lot of people who like credit me as the artist, and I'm just like, no, guys, it says in the video that I'm not the artist. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I also wanted to know, right? Is there a favorite segment of the comic that you like? You gets you every time laughing, and do you feel like there's a favorite part? I think mixing Yukiko's dungeon scene was pretty fun to me but that's because i liked hearing chris's voice as yukiko <laughs> um i besides that i don't think i have like a favorite scene um i think i don't even know if i like mentioned this before but i know people have asked me like man how do you like get through how did you get through like mixing all of that like audio you know without like you know dying of laughter and I was just like, it was actually like the complete opposite. Like I was, I could not wait to like finish mixing things because I'd have to listen to like the same like five second scene over and over and over and over and over again. And like I, by the time I was done mixing like one part, I was just sick of it. <laughs> Fair enough. I know how you mean because obviously I edit all the episodes of this podcast. And at the beginning of the episode, I said I hate hearing my own voice, but that's kind of for that same reason, just because... I don't like listening to things over and over again. So I kind of relate to that. I, I kind of respect that as well. Um, I don't know. For me, I would say my favorite my favorite scene is anything with Dejima in it. Because Dejima just makes the dub like... <laughs> Everyone loves Dejima. So great. Josh you know what? It, what's job. about it? it? It's just the fact that he's just so aggressive. It's not... It's, it's in a fun way. It's just, <laughs> he is. He's like the complete opposite in the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just like that's the dejima we want but it's not the dejima that we get you know what i mean right. like 
there's something about that. But you know what was a highlight for me? And I don't know if this was in the original comic, but I think it might have been a bloopers about the, the whole sausages thing. That was the funniest shit I've heard in my life. Yeah, Josh was just weird. Uh, he just, he sent that and we were just like, I was like, okay, I'm going to do something with this. I can't like not put it in there. <laughs> it's 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 great shit, man. I, I can't deny that was amazing. That being said, um, we're going to go on another ad break and then we'll see you guys in about five minutes. So just hold on, hold on your horses, if that makes sense. That's not even proper English, but there you go. See you in a bit. At least I tried. I'm British and I've been I was born here and I still can't speak English after how many years I hate my life. So see you guys on the other side. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by JList. Yes, that JList. Go and visit them for all your needs. If you need import games from Japan that you can only get in Japan, JList has it. Nandroids, JList got them. Anime merchandise, JList has it. JList has everything, including manga, gaming, anime merch. Japanese cosplay, homeware goods from Japan. I've even seen a Kotatsu there as well. So JList literally has anything you want from Japan. It's on JList. Uh, you just need to type it in. They've even got adult goods. And if you're kind of afraid of buying that kind of stuff, they've got you covered literally and figuratively with their anonymous shipping service. So no one needs to know what's inside the boxes. They get put into like plain cardboard boxes. If you do want to support the show and everything that we do here on the podcast, make sure you go to www.getalivepodcast.com forward slash JList and use the code GALP at checkout for 5% off your entire order. And you can keep on using that code again and again and again for all of your shopping on JList. And that code also includes pre-orders. So, you know, just use it. Use it if you want that new nico figurine or if you wanted that a nice pair of cat tights i don't know what you buy and i'm not judging i personally use jlist i've used them before and we've so if you want to learn more about jlist go to that episode of the podcast check it out see what it is it's a pretty wholesome company i really do love them and i'm glad that they're sponsoring and we wanted to go for sponsors that are very appropriate to the gaming and anime and japanese culture in general and we thought no one's better than JList at that. Yeah, we're not gonna come up with some random sponsors that make no difference to you guys and stuff that you don't wanna buy. Remember, go to getalifepodcast.com forward slash JList, use the code GALP at checkout for 5% off on everything in your basket, including pre-orders. Thank you, JList, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by XCut Studio. And you're like, whoa, bitch, this is a new sponsor. That's a bit odd. What are you talking about, XCut? I've never heard of them before. So XCut Studio is a small cross-disciplinary studio based in London. So they are a local studio to us, at least. They have over six years of design and rapid prototyping experience, including understanding of various methods of 3D printing, laser cutting, finishing, and traditional carpentry making. So you can go and check them out on their website, xcutstudio.com alternatively you can go to getalifepodcast.com forward slash xcut it will take you directly to their website i just want to give you a little bit of a briefing of why we've decided to go with xcut as a sponsor of the podcast so personally i love laser cut stuff our business cards were laser cut 
we used to do these little trinkets back in the day we used to give them away at cons like keychains and stuff like that and we still want to do that so we decided to partner up with xcut studio we love them i'm sure they love us if they don't they'll tell us but if you're really interested in making things if you're really interested in 3d printing laser cutting they have a wonderful team you can always go and contact them send them your files they'll give you a quote they'll be like okay that's going to cost this much before you even start so there's no hidden fees or charges and if you also need help in terms of like fixing certain files they'll do that as well for a small fee they're pretty cool people in addition to that they also have an etsy shop you can go and check them out their Etsy shop is really cool. They've got a lot of gaming and anime themed stuff, earrings, postcards, really cool stuff. And they're adding more stuff every day. If you want more of a custom design or anything like that, you can always contact them and they could do that for you. I'm pretty sure they can do that. Obviously, all these things, they have a little fee associated with them, but I, I really do like XCUT. The best thing about them is that they have really high quality printers and laser cutters. It's not gonna be some janky gas laser cutter that has no ventilation, everything is legit everything's proper so I'll, I'll be honest with you all of the prints that i've seen and all the cuts i've seen are perfect really good quality it also depends on your files as well we're not going to get into it that much but if you're a really big fan of making things or if you are a person that likes to do stuff for conventions and this is what the best thing about xcut is is that we've tested them out for our products and stuff that we are going to be selling soon on the podcast if you go to conventions and you like to sell keychains of your own artwork they can do that for you they can set that up for you once again for a small fee but even then with one pound a minute laser cutting and etching that's another no-brainer that's quite cheap in comparison to the other places that can do it for you especially within the UK and remember if you support XCUT not only are you supporting a local business you're also supporting the podcast as well so remember that's XCUT studio if you go to getlifepodcast.com forward slash XCUT thanks XCUT for sponsoring this episode of the podcast okay we are back and all um, bad English aside I want to talk about the real reason why you're here today on this episode and the real reason why I actually asked you to to come on this podcast, your music. How did that happen? So at the time of me doing the Hi I'm Daisy comic dub, I was also trying out singing. I wasn't very good at it, but I was just like, hey, uh, maybe if I just keep doing it, I'll get better. So I had a separate account for like my covers at one point, but it no longer exists, obviously. But um, I just started like maybe around like 2009, I think. And then when the Haim Daisy dubs started building more traction, I was just like, huh, maybe I should move my covers onto the dubbing channel since you know i'm already dubbing like i'm singing songs in english that's basically me dubbing songs right so i combine them and you know it's i think it's thanks to the people just being like wow we love your voice like you should sing more like just nice comments that got me into like continuing singing and i eventually decided like okay i'm gonna try and like you know get better at this Persona 4 actually was the reason that I really got into singing because for a while, like, I was so used to hearing, like, anime openings and, like, game songs with, like, you know, these soprano voices or these, like, cutesy voices. And I was just like, you know, here I am with this, like, deep voice. And like, there's no songs out there for me to cover. And it's just like, I don't think my voice is what people wanted. But then, like, I heard, you know, the vocalists in three and four, and I was just like, oh, so this is a thing, like, within this community. Like, people actually dig, like, lower voices, you know, that aren't, like, all cutesy and stuff. 
And that kind of, that's kind of what inspired me to like uh, start singing really seriously. Um, and then of course when Persona 5, like when they reveal their vocalist and the opening, I was just like, whoa, like this is great. Like this, like I was so thrilled. Like I was just like, oh my God, I'm gonna sing so much. Um, but obviously, well, Persona 4, like I love the soundtrack in that game. So I think I started, the first song I did was Memories of You, but I was very eager to do Nevermore because as like a thank you to like fans and the series really. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what got me to keep on singing and like now here I am because of Persona. <laughs> it's very interesting because um, to be honest with you, like that's how I kind of started. Like I was typing in, I wanted to hear the original track for um, the original tracks for Persona 5 way back when, because obviously when you're playing the game, you're like, wow, this is amazing. And obviously I couldn't find anyone that put them online. And then I saw your covers. And I was just like, fuck, this is, <laughs> this is even better than the original music. And I was just like, shit, this is some good stuff. Like I honest to God, I just found it. It was like mesmerizing and, and kind of beautiful in a way. And it kind of reflected Persona as well, because music is a very important part of Persona, not in terms of the game production, but in, in the sense of the game and even how personas are made because i'm not sure if you know this in the original games in persona 1 and 2 there was another velvet room person and her name was belladonna so you had two you had a guy called nameless that was playing the piano and then you had a singer called belladonna and she you know the music in the velvet room that plays yeah is that yeah them? it's them it's, it's a guy playing and a, and a woman singing and the reason why they do that is because it helps with the fusion process I know it sounds, it kind of, it's, it's weird, but it kind of makes sense <laughs> in a way. So hearing your voice and hearing you, the way you sing, yeah, right? It kind of gives me that vibe. It makes me feel like, wow, I am, I'm a part of the Persona community because I'm listening. It, it sounds kind of weird when I say it out loud. <laughs> but. I have granted you the power of Persona through voice. It, it's it's weird like that. I don't want to sound like a weirdo because I know You're I'm going to sound weird. like You're weird. No. No, I, 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 I understand. <laughs> it's, it's very difficult to explain. It's just the fact that the music in Persona is crafted in such a way to make you feel certain emotions. It's, it's unlike any other music that I've seen ever. But the way that you take on those covers, you kind of make it your own. And I've noticed that because there's certain songs, right, that don't, ha they're not like that in the original game. Um, I can't remember. One of them comes up to mind. I think it's even Take Over, the the new oh, battle, game, uh, the battle song. Yeah, that was great. The consoles made are awesome. you think about doing it that way, like that musical style. I didn't. So when someone like I forget when the track was like first like leaked on YouTube, my uh, friend Julian from the consoles, he was just like, "So we're doing this right? We're covering this song because like we had worked on Heaven and." Uh, uh, what was it called? Uh, Moons Reaching Out to the Stars from Persona 3 and 4. And um, uh, we and I knew, like, we were just like, yeah, we're definitely going to work on, like, some Persona 5 song, like, you know, <laughs> whenever those songs come out. And, like, when we heard Takeover, he was just like, all right, I already know what we're doing. So he's the one who, like, they're the ones that, like, decided everything. And, you know, they sent over the track, and I was just like, I love this. And... I, I felt like I just knew what to do, um, which kind of, that's kind of how I feel every time, like, I work on a uh, song with them, the consoles. Um, I don't know. Anytime, 
I cover like a persona song, I feel like I'm in my element, which is why like I haven't really covered many songs from anime as of late. I just enjoy singing persona songs. I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. Like it's, I'm in my element. Like I just, something comes over me and I'm just like, yeah, I know what to do. Um, like I don't have to think. It's, it's very cool. Cause to be honest with you, I, like I said, I really like your covers and I can't say that enough it's just interesting there's something about it i look i don't even want to get into it anymore but you mentioned the consoles right what what kind of relationship do you guys have do you have with them to obviously produce the music and, and stuff like that because it's not like you're singing over an, an existing track they're actually producing the music right they're actually scoring this yeah sense. yeah yeah they they are like gods i don't know they just like poop out like all this awesome stuff <laughs> And uh, I'm just, I, I don't really like try and like put my own ideas into it because it's just like, it's just like I trust whatever they come up with. They're just geniuses. So, and so far everything's just been great. They'll like, sometimes they'll send me like a little, like if they're like for, let's just say for Takeover, he like sent me like a MIDI track. And he was just like, this is essentially like what we're trying to go for, like something slow and like funky. And I was like, okay, that's new. And then when they sent the finished track, I was just like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I feel the funk in this one. <laughs> so um, yeah, they just, like I said, they just poop out like good shit and I eat it and it's great. <laughs> It's, it's interesting because looking at it, because this isn't music that you've necessarily created. Like obviously, you didn't compose this. This isn't original music from you. Do you ever find that it can be a bit difficult um, when you're posting on YouTube and indeed Spotify? Because I assume you're monetizing this. So how does that work? Do you get like uh, copyright takedowns and things? Because like, i am always found that very interesting. How do you kind of work around that? I don't. <laughs> Like, maybe, like, several years ago when it was just... It was a lot worse several years ago, just, like, trying to upload anything. Because um, it wasn't even... I don't even think there was, like, an option for, like, monetization at the time. It was just, like, you upload something and we take it down, you get a strike. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And so I think people would, like, abuse that system. And I think my channel got suspended for, like, maybe a week or something like that. And... It happened to a lot of channels because someone, some like Russian artist, like copyrighted the word persona. And so if they flagged like every video containing the words persona in it. And of course, you know, I had a lot of videos with persona in it and they started getting like copyright claims and like there was no time to dispute it because it was just happening like in quick succession. And it was just like by the time the third one came in, like the third copyright claim in, it was like too late. Like my channel had gotten suspended. So I had to go through like all this crap just to get it back. And like there was a little bit of controversy behind it. Like people were just like pissed off because it's like, it's just like, I don't know. It was very, it, it brought to light like YouTube's flaws, especially with copyright. But nowadays, um, now that monetization is an option, um, monetization, um, you can share revenue with the copyright holder, which is basically what happens um, anytime my video gets claimed. Uh, so rather than like blocking the video or like removing it and giving me a strike, they're just like, hey, uh, the owner of this uh, composition just uh, 
is gonna take some money from that and you get to have some money too if they feel like it and usually they do so I like I don't really have an issue with the persona songs it's the anime songs you gotta watch out for <laughs> I would have assumed that Atlas because obviously they're very protective around their IP once again I can't stress that enough I was kind of concerned that maybe they would have approached you and maybe sent you a cease and desist and say, hey. Oh my God, if they did, I'd cry. But no, they never have. <laughs> have you ever had like any sort of interaction with them? Have they, were they like, hey, Sapphire, you're doing a great job. Continue what you're doing. Cause I wish. <laughs> I mean, they obviously know your past works. I can imagine. Um, I mean. The they, they reference the dubs and stuff in the the, the mainline game maybe they reference the dubs and maybe they just reference the comics and like never saw the comic dub i don't know it's not really something i think about people are like people have told me like hey they referenced you in like uh persona 5 like this poster of like rise and like it was something about i guess her new album is called like sapphire or something like that and they're just like oh they totally know about you and i was just like if they did, I would have already been approached to be a singer for Persona 6. So I don't think so, guys. Even though it's a nice thought, but it's just like, no, I don't think that's what happened. I think that was just a coincidence. But I'll drop an email to Atlas and figure out where that reference is. Actually, probably I won't. Uh, I'm just trying to be nice. <laughs> yeah, there's like a poster uh, on the uh, subways or something or the... The research say, so, Yeah. Um... Says that's something Rise, about... right? Because I didn't know that was Rise to begin with. Yes. Okay, so that's a reference in itself, but probably not to you. I, I don't want to be that guy that's just like, hey, it's not it's not your reference. It's uh, it's not mine. Something I, else. Yeah, I think it's just something else. But that would be but cool if they were just like slowly hinting like after all but these But don't years, you think like... it's a bit odd? Because you have quite a large following. I would have been, you know, I'm surprised that they didn't even approach you or be like, hey... Or, like, give you a retweet. Or, you know what I mean? Like, it seems a bit <laughs> odd that they're just ignoring your existence. Atlas West, I don't think, needs to be doing any of that. Because they're trying to keep their the Japanese, like, producers and stuff, like, happy. So, I think they're just trying to play it safe. So, like, I don't expect them to, like, retweet any of my covers or anything. I do think, like, at the time, the High M Daisy dub was a thing. They... I think someone asked if it was like okay for this dub to exist and they were just like yeah it's fine i think it was like the issue with the music or something from the game being used in it and they were just like yeah it's fine you know as long as you're not making money off of it or something and i think that was as close as i was gonna get to like atlas west like noticing me <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's weird i mean it's it's interesting. Like I'm, I'm surprised that they didn't even shoot you an email or anything like that. Because in my, in my past experience with Atlas, they're pretty chill. Like they, you know, they like talking to the people. If, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. Atlas, if you're listening, <laughs> send an email to Sapphire. <laughs> oh my god! If they did, I'd be like, they, please. they are gonna listen to this. Hopefully, I can't even remember the Fuka and so, you know what? Like I don't yeah. even want to open the whole Fuka thing. Are, are you saying that because like Atlas wants you to bleep those out? Are you saying that because you took offense to the Fuka? Shame? Look, look, look! I think maybe yeah. Atlas might okay. have taken offense to it as well. Like he's <laughs> okay. shitting all over their characters. Right. It's fine, you know. It's it's okay. I don't want to get back <laughs> into this, but I want to to know another thing. Is there any characters within Persona Five that you absolutely hate and you just don't like them at all? Because for me, it was Haru. I used to hate Haru before Persona Five Royal. 
like Haru was the she was so annoyed. Like everyone I didn't was think like, anything of her because like I was just like, why are you even here? Like I exactly we've only She's known so you for like five seconds, and like suddenly like you're a big part of our team. But like I feel like they should have like fleshed out her story. Yeah, it's just like I don't know what your deal is. Your dad owns Burger King, and uh, that's all I know. <laughs> Haru is just so like. I hate her. Like, you know how you hate Fuka and how you think Fuka's annoying and boring? Haru is just even more boring. All she does, like, all she does is, like, she does gardening. Is gardening cool, Sapphire? Do you think gardening is fun? It's not. Careful. Gardening is nice in Animal Crossing. I've, I've learned to appreciate it in Animal Crossing. It's a pain in the ass to check up on your vegetables in Persona. Like, I can't say what, what I hate get her. From it? But I understand why people would just be like, eh, don't care for her. Because I don't. <laughs> In Royal, however, I really do like her. She's just so... I don't know. She's just... There's a lot of changes with technical attacks and stuff like that in the game, in the game's mechanics. So it makes her her moves a lot more useful so Ahara is permanently in my team from now on she's just there all the <laughs> wow. time I also like the fact that they they introduced this new mechanic called showtime attacks you might have seen it it's when they they have this little cutscene with the special attacks and I'm like wow Haru. oh right those looked really cool they are cool man I, I like the ones with like the Haru one is good the Makoto one the Makoto one I think it's like a fist of the north star reference <laughs> and she's just like punching like millions of times i just like i like that like and makoto was another character that i hated in the original persona 5 and it's not because i i, I want to get back at you for the whole fuka thing it's just right, because uh-huh. i just found her really <laughs> annoying especially at the beginning because you know when she's just like following you around and you're like can you get out of my business like i just want to go and talk to my friends in the mall like <laughs> just fuck off but in the in royal once again she just becomes so obviously i'm guessing it's because in the original game i didn't do her social link i didn't do her confidant in royal i had more time to do that so i i kind of went in for the confidants that i weren't able to do in the base game so i actually liked her story i like the fact like once again she is a character that i relate to a lot um having obviously uh, your father dying and whatever like i kind of relate to that because that's happened to me and it's it's like living in that shadow it's it's uh she's a very interesting character nevertheless and i think she's she is a badass um i think was i i was asking you if there was any characters that you hated and i don't think you yeah you you wanted to you wanted to cycle through every character until you could hit a nerve with me fukistan uh no (laughs) no i'm joking because there's such a small group of people that like Fuka, I feel like. It's just me and three other people. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but did you uh, say who you hated? Because I can't no, even remember No. I don't know if I hate anyone. Oh, there has like, to be someone you hate. Come on. I mean... <laughs> it's a catchy, isn't it? It's a catchy, right? No. A catchy, I wish, like, could have been... I, I wanted him to be a better villain. He did feel like another Adachi, and I was just like, whatever. I will tell you, in the base game, yeah, he felt like he is Adachi. In Royal, oh my god, he he's fucking scares me. Especially, he, he has new voice lines and stuff. Nice. And he's very <laughs> sadistic. And he actually fucking scared... Because, you know, in, in the base game, you had a couple of scenes where his facial expressions changed, and he looked like a fucking criminal. You know, with his eyes wide open and shit? Yeah, it's just like, All there he is, say, like a typical Phoenix Wright villain. <laughs> In Royal, there's a lot more of that, and he kind of haunts me in my dreams sometimes. And I, I'm actually really scared, because you know how he changes his persona from Robin Hood to Loki? 
and he becomes all evil and shit and all like dark costume and everything he doesn't look he doesn't look like a member of abba anymore he just looks like a crazy guy but he he kind of gets a lot more of that in royal and it's like it fucking scares me i can't i can't have him on my team because he's just so angry all the time and even if he's not angry he's just such a like sarcastic bitch but i love it but it's just scary. I can't. I can't handle him. His his voice lines. I don't know. There's there's a portion in Royal where you basically spend more time with him because he's um his social link is optional now. It doesn't go with the story. So you actually have to go and approach um Akechi. So you learn a lot more about him. But obviously you get to see a lot more of those scenes where he's kind of like fucked up. And it's you mean so I I kind of like you i didn't maybe i didn't really enjoy enjoy um i was gonna say adachi i didn't necessarily enjoy akechi in the base game but in royal it's pretty cool yeah hopefully in this new life i'll uh in this new game royal i'll try and like max my teammates social links because i didn't do it for any of the phantom thieves <laughs> yeah like uh there's this like whole reaper or death gimmick like uh you could farm for like all this experience and like get a accessory that halves the amount of damage done to you and like i got an accessory for everyone and everyone was like overpowered i was just like there's no point <laughs> yeah, but you, you get I'm, the new persona designs yeah but i was just like i don't need it <laughs> i can kill anything <laughs> it'll take like a f <laughs> and i was just <laughs> The Reaper still exists, but you can't do that. You basically you're cheating the game, Sapphire. That's not how the game. Supposed to be uh, I mean, you're fucking the system. Clearly, here. it is because it's in the game. Is well, it in Royal it. still? Do they? No, keep no, it? they removed it. <laughs> well, the Reaper's still there, but you can't cheese the Reaper anymore. You can't do the the exploit oh, because man. it is an exploit. It's not something you're supposed to do. So you. Oh know. well, but I mean, I don't want to burst your bubble here, but hey, that's their fault. <laughs> Is that is their fault that you're exploiting the game? I'm not. Hey, I I just thought it was done on purpose. I was just like, is this this is this like a meme or something? Like, they... I mean, at first it kind of feels like that because it's it, it, it you can only do it at certain conditions, certain times. Like, yeah, okay, I I get you. Like, I'm on something. <laughs> Guess I'll play the game for real now. You need. To, you, I I <laughs> no would say anyone that everyone needs to play Royal, and I'm not saying this because Atlas gave me the game. I'm just saying Are this you because sure. You, a hundred percent a hundred percent i'm not paid by atlas in any way <laughs> uh -huh. they just gave me the game to review right. but mm -hmm. I, i'll be honest with you the game is just great there's no need to play five don't bother with five play royal enjoy the game um explore the new areas kichi joji's quite nice new place um fusions work slightly differently in the game there's a lot of new shit i do feel though that kasumi is a bit meh at the beginning i'm not gonna say anything more about kasumi but she kind of looks like she was designed to be a female protagonist for the game if that makes sense she looks like that she looks like a protagonist she doesn't look like a how do you say like a team member a lot of people that you know a lot of people are annoyed that hifumi is not a team member but they made um they made kasumi a new character like that who's hifumi? what do you think about that Hifumi is the girl in the church that plays uh, Shogi. Why would they be upset about that? Originally, Hifumi was supposed to be playable. She was supposed... Well, not playable. She was supposed to be a party member. But they cut her from the game because... She Wait, she's like not in the game now? No, no, she's in the game. I'm oh. saying that she, <laughs> she was supposed to... She had her own palace. Um, origin, well, in like beta and alpha stages. She had like her own... They, want, they were planning to give her her own palace and her own persona. 
and to make her a party member. But they actually cut that segment out of the game because they felt it would have been too long. So when Royal was coming out, people were thinking, oh, we're finally going to get Hifumi. And then you get Kasumi and you're like, what the fuck? Like, what <laughs> Their names rhyme? <laughs> Close enough? <laughs> kind of. But one, one is just like, oh, senpai, senpai, senpai. Like, she is very Rise in that sense. Because that's what, oh, that's another character that annoys me, Rise. What do you think about Rise? Uh, I'm like, I'm like, whatever about Rise. It's just like, aw, you're like, you're rich. You're basically rich. I don't care. I think that's the same thing, same way I felt about Yukiko. It's just like, oh, you, you're going to be able to own like your family's business. Like, you're yeah, already. But she doesn't want to. That's yeah, the whole but, point but of you, you don't have to worry about money anymore. <laughs> While everyone else here is like struggling to pay rent. <laughs> what about Yosuke? Because you can say the same thing about Yosuke. His dad is literally like the store manager of uh, Juness. Like he's the prince of. The, he's literally the prince of Juness. So I never really did say that I related to any of the main characters. I think it was just Nanako that I related to, and that was it. <laughs> Other than that, I thought everyone just had like. I thought everyone was just kind of lazy. I don't know. Like, I understand wanting to, like, live life your own way, but, like, I don't know. Whenever, like, I heard Yukiko's story, I was just kind of like, really? <laughs> but Yukiko's story is literally the same as every other character. Yeah. It's just if you like, think about born, it. You're born for money. Like, what's your Yeah, but so is, so is Yosuke. So is Kanji. So is all the characters in the game. Nanako is the only poor one. <laughs> Nanako's dad is a police commissioner. He's getting yeah, a hefty hundred grand a year at least. No. Yeah, he is. He's Not getting in Japan. Money. <laughs> He's he's making money. I trust me. Yeah, and they live in that like rusty old house. I don't think so. Maybe he likes the house. Maybe he likes the authentic no. feeling. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Poor thing. You know, Always having okay. to wear the same outfit every day. Her dad got her a t-shirt. Okay. And like, it, it said beautiful baby boy on it. <laughs> that's from the dub. That doesn't, that's not what oh, it was it? Says. Oh, no. It was a, there was a platypus. They, they what sold is it real on anymore? Point. What is dub? <laughs> it's, we're, we're in a position where we're in between um, dream and reality. <laughs> I, I, I think it's canon. <laughs> what, the, the beautiful, beautiful baby, baby boy t-shirt? <laughs> you should sell those t-shirts, by the way. I think you should. No. You're going to get a lot of people I buying them. I think the artist should have. Uh, like, I would have bought it on the spot. It's interesting, to be honest with you. But, okay, cool. Nanako is the only one that is um, l less privileged than the rest of them. Not whiny. <laughs> but she's a kid. She's going to become whiny. She's going to be like the rest of them. She's going to have a teenage phase. She's a sweetheart. She's... She knows what it's like to come from nothing. And yeah, but so you could say the will... same about Yunarakami. Because I'm pretty <sighs> sure that he's not. Although he, he was living in Tokyo. so uh, it, It's a weird one. I mean... <laughs> You know what? You've you've gonna give me a new perspective on the game, yeah. and now I'm just gonna play it and just. There you like, go. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but you you ruined Persona Four for me. Like, I okay, didn't. cool. There's there's better characters. Okay, Nanako is great, but there's other characters out there that are also relatable. Hundred percent. Like Chie. What about Chie? She doesn't come from like a rich family. What was her, her issue not again? Gates. Why? Because she, she didn't have a dungeon. She was part of Yukiko's dungeon and. Oh yeah, what was her shadows issue? I want to be more like you. 
But I want to be. Oh wait, didn't she just want to be herself? She's just like I'm in. Oh, I don't know if it was like she was upset because she was always in Yukiko's shadow. I think that's what it was. No, that she just Yukiko's like. Bitch. No one knows I'm Chie. Everyone just calls me Yukiko's friend. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Everyone calls her Yukiko's friend. <laughs> She's Yukiko's handbag. The Yukiko girl or something about... Are you talking shit yeah, about Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was her issue. Like, she's just like, I'm always coming in to save your behind, you rich bitch. <laughs> and I get no recognition for it or something like that. I don't think that's what it is. I think you're twisting the actual story of people. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Wait, now I have to look this up. We're twisting the actual reality of Persona at this point. We're not. But Hold I think on. That, what do you mean we're not? I think that's Oh, why? Wait, wait, wait. Here we go. That's right. I'm the one who can't do anything alone. I can't win as a girl, let alone as a person. I'm pathetic. But Yukiko, she depends on me. Oh, yeah. Just like, <laughs> that's why. Okay. That Yukiko can't do shit without Chie. She's like, fucked. Okay. So, yeah, that's, that's fine. She was the only one who wasn't like... I'm rich, and I don't know what to do with all this money. <laughs> what about Teddy? He's not rich. Teddy he's, doesn't he's exist. Just... He's not real. What do you mean he's not real? He's real. Did you not see him dress up he's as Alice? not real. That was a... Okay. <laughs> it's and Next thing you know, you're going to be like, Morgana's not real either. Okay, well, what do you think either. about Morgana? Morgana or Teddy? Who's who's your number one out of all those? I kind of I wish I didn't Teddy. have to... I'd choose Morgana. Honestly, really? I wish Morgana's I didn't fucking annoying. any of them because I don't like them. <laughs> okay. Care um, to explain? Oh, I don't know. Just Teddy was just very annoying. Yeah, the but that's the beauty of Teddy. Yeah, the bear puns and the high-pitched voice. I was just like, I'm over it. <laughs> then Morgana was just like... I don't know, pervy, to go to sleep. pervy cat. I was just like, I don't need yeah, this, but Teddy's this also, game. Teddy's also a perv, let's be real. Yeah. They're the same archetype. They're the exact same characters. One's just a bear and the other's a cat. I'm surprised that Morgana doesn't have more cat puns, but he hates being a cat, so, you know. But he stayed a cat in the end. Ooh, <laughs> that's interesting. I'm not going to say anything else. But Well, I already know, like, from okay, don't, the little don't clips. I won't. That was already spoiled, but that was because of Atlas. It, Atlas spoiled Yeah, Atlas, <laughs> Atlas spoiled it. It was, it was a written in a Famitsu article as well. They just showed a screenshot of Morgana as a guy. And I was like, what? I was like, when are we going to see this? You see this literally at the end well, of the game. I thought it was going to happen in Persona 5. I was just like, what will this beautiful boy look like? And then he was just a real cat. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I, don't li I don't like him as a cat, though. I find it quite odd. Because he's, he's technically, if you think about it, because he's created by Igor. So that, that makes him related to the other Velvet Room assistants. So he's basically Elizabeth's and Margaret's brother. If, if that or sister, because we don't know the gender of Morgana, but it's doesn't that isn't that weird that they're related to a cat? Weirdos. That thing makes sense to me. I need them to put together like this whole persona lore thing, like a timeline or something. You know, it gets very confusing because I got into the rabbit hole the other day and I was like, Igor, where does he come from? And then I realized, and I went back and I played Persona One and Two, and I realized the whole thing with the butterflies flying around. That isn't like um, Lavenza or anything. That's supposed to be a character called Philemon. And this Philemon guy is basically the guy who created Igor. 
He's like Igor's dad. He just doesn't, you know, visit him or anything. Like, either way, it's just, it's weird. Because it's like, we never see this guy past Persona 2. But he's always there in some way. Like, he doesn't get any voice lines or anything. But he's just, I found it odd. I genuinely found it odd. I don't want to get into Persona lore. Because I just, you can spend days trying to figure out what is the story behind Persona. And what is the meaning behind Persona. And what does it truly mean to be yourself. And you can get all into that. And it just... You'll spend your whole life. I bet you there are people writing research papers on what is, and like dissertations on what is the true meaning of Persona. Yikes. <laughs> research I would papers. imagine. <laughs> you know, it does happen. Like, there's a lot of journalists out there that will do that. And, I, you know, if no one's going to do that, I'm going to do that. I'm going to dedicate my life's work to find out what it is. And I'll present it to Atlas. And then Atlas will be like, nope. And they just throw it away. And I'm yeah, like, they will, And they'll come out with their own stuff and be like, this is it. And it's just like, wait, none of this happened in any of the games. <laughs> but they'll, they'll make a way. They'll make a way. They'll release like a re-release of a game. Or they'll be like, hey, Persona Q is canon. Even though it's not. You know what I mean? Like, they'll do shit like that just to justify themselves and that's how you know i'm not paid by atlas because i'm not kissing their ass that being said who do i hate the most <laughs> oh do we even answer that question i was gonna no. end the episode <laughs> and i was still trying to think about it <laughs> it's okay shit i was gonna end the episode i think we're never gonna find out who your who your favorite character is well it was fuka all along so oh <laughs> okay I'm giving you a clap there. I, I had answered it before you even asked. You've so. redeemed yourself, Sapphire. Mm. You know, I, I really think Aww. of you very highly, even more now because of uh, <laughs> the Fuka thing. That being said, thank you very much for coming on. I really do appreciate it. Thank it's you been for a pleasure. <laughs> It was fun. Also, thank you for shitting all over my favorite character. You... You're ah. welcome. You're, you're very oh, okay. welcome. We'll wow. Okay. I thought you were going to apologize Just about ask. it. Just okay. I don't apologize for being right. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm glad that this episode's ending. <laughs> Yeah, thank you very much for coming on once again. Also, guys, if you want to check us out, make sure you subscribe to us on Spotify or on iTunes. Uh, in addition to that, we have a Twitter page at Get Alive Podcast. In addition to that, we also have a Discord page. And be sure to check out our sponsors, Japan Crate, JList, and Crunchyroll. Uh, links are in the description. Uh, Sapphire, you want to shout out any things that you have going on at the moment? Oh my gosh, I just finished my Persona EP, The Velvet Lounge 2, um, like I mentioned in the beginning, but that is already out on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Google Play, YouTube Music, all that those good stuff, sites, so um, check it out. It's a lot of mostly royal sound uh, songs, but there's a little mixture of Persona 4 in there. But yeah, other than that, just check out my YouTube channel, Strawberry Cream 26 or just look for Sapphire. You'll probably find it, Sapphire Persona Covers. Cool. <laughs> I'll, I'll put all there. the links in the description just so you guys can directly click on that and, and um, subscribe. And all of that, next week hopefully we'll be having an episode where we go more in depth into Persona 5 Royal. We won't be talking about spoilers, but if we do, I will bleep them out in addition to that. Once again, big thanks to Deep Silver and Atlas for providing us with review copies of the game. And yeah, I think that's been a, a great episode. Bye-bye! Bye! -bye. Bye.